Today's episode is brought to you by Source Forensics. Are you looking for a video conversion service? Well, look no further because I got one for you. If you are looking for fast, efficient, and honest, Source Forensics is your go-to. Since 2003, they have been converting weddings, baptisms, sports, and other videos. They have become a reputable and well-known video conversion service. Their team is up for every job, managing projects with the skill and experience their clients have come to expect. They want their customers to be satisfied with their work, which is why they provide open communication channels throughout the duration of each project. Trust Source with all your precious memories stored on various legacy formats, VHS tapes, DVDs, CDs, mini DVDs, cassettes, old vinyl, and 35mm slides. Whatever the job is, they got you covered. Contact them at 401-203-5019. Again, that's 401-203-5019. Or visit their website at www.sourceforensics.com. Again, that's www sourceforensics.com now for our episode Welcome to the Rody Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have an amazing interview for you guys today with Coach Jim Saris. He's a 13-time Coach of the Year, and he's also a retired coach for Rogers High School Boys Basketball Team, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast. We do a deep dive into our local high school, colleges, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rory Run Back episode 41 and I have an absolutely just amazing interview for you guys today with coach and legend coach Jim Saris. Coach talks about how he really got into coaching, how he got into the five-star camps and working with amazing coaches such as coach K and coach Cal and even got the coach Vince Carter and uh, some and at the camps as well too. Coach talks about his experience uh, working at the five-star camps and how he brought that with him to Rogers High School, his most memorable game at Rogers, what he's up to now, and much, much more. Just a great interview with uh, a coaching legend, uh, someone in Rhode Island that has uh, you know, made an impact uh, at Rogers and in Newport area, as well as coaching all over the state of Rhode Island. Just a, just a great guy. Um, Really fun interview, super motivating too. Just a, a student of the game um, and always learning, he said, even though he's not part of the game now, not coaching right now, he's always learning and always looking at things he can develop and change. And you'll hear that in our interview. Just you guys are really going to enjoy today's episode uh, with Coach Saris. I really had a lot of fun with him and speaking with him about his coaching career. But before we get into Coach Saris' interview, um, a few announcements and then, uh, you know, the quick reminder about YouTube and everything. One uh, announcement is Sunday, the first coaches roundtable will be coming out. Um, it is a start of something new. Uh, it will be on YouTube and will eventually be on the podcast as well, too. So we release those episodes, um, you know, coming out as well. Uh, just, you know, as part of the podcast, podcast network, but it's also going to be part of the YouTube 
YouTube channel. Um, and I think going forward, we're going to start doing more YouTube shows. The announcement of high school basketball being back, which is big. Um, you know, some teams are starting January 4th. Some teams are starting, uh, you know, January 11th, 12th. Um, you know, the schedule really starts on the 15th. So it's going to be a very interesting season for sure. You would definitely hear that on the episode on Sunday. And I'll remind you guys on Sunday, that episode will be out on Sunday. Um, speaking with some uh, Rhode Island's uh, coaches in the area. Just great interview with those guys as well, too. So just be on the lookout for that on Sunday. I would definitely share update with you guys. So just that's a big thing that's coming up. Uh, and the start of the new year, we'll be doing more focusing on the basketball season, uh, giving you guys scores and updates, um, box scores, putting it on my Instagram story. We'll do some highlights, do some stuff uh, well on YouTube and release a Sunday YouTube show as well, too, uh, probably around in the morning so everyone can watch or in the afternoon. Um, you know, just just want to do something different for you guys out there and try to build upon this show. And there's just much more coming um, it's nonstop, still working, we're still going. Hopefully down the line we can do some uh, more more things down the line, which I'm very, very excited to do and to be a part of. Uh, but before we get into our interview with Coach Sarah, remember you guys can also watch today's episode on YouTube. Just search that Rody Runback, remember that hit that like, subscribe, and share button. And if you can't watch it, just stay tuned here and listen to it on your podcast platform. Just remember to hit hit that share, subscribe, and share button as well, too. That like button, comment, give us some ratings. Uh, anything helps out the podcast. Let us grow a little bit more on, on uh, Apple and Spotify so uh, or wherever you listen to this podcast. So I appreciate you guys. Um, now, here's our interview with Coach Saris. All right, on today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. He is a legend in the coaching community. He's a third time, 13-time coach of the year, former coach of Rogers High School. Now he runs his own basketball camp. Coach Jim Saris. Coach, how are you today? Great. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no, no problem, Coach. I'm excited to have you on. It's it's awesome, you know, to have someone with your rep, uh, you know, resume and everything that you you've done in the the coaching community. It's it's great to have you on the show. You know, it's great. Anytime I can uh, talk about, you know, my past uh, in a positive way to help someone, uh, I'm willing to do it. Try to help or mentor anybody, you know, that would be willing to listen. I'm willing to help anybody because, you know, you have to give back, you know, so giving forward. Definitely, definitely. That's for sure. It definitely helps, comes comes around when you get back and help out and someone else helps you out down the line. So it's, it's awesome that you're able to get back. Um, Coach, how are you doing during these COVID, these weird times with COVID and everything? I mean, you know, it's just, there's not much you can do. You just gotta, you gotta stay safe. I try to immerse myself and, uh, you know, what I'm doing with my academic stuff with kids, you know, in my classrooms, um, you know, my, you know, my, my physical education classes for elementary kids. And then I just try to, you know, stay up with the times of basketball, you know, constantly uh, continue to uh, expand my knowledge and expand, you know, uh, the challenges of the way the game's being played now and uh, just try to, you know, spend time with my kids, my family, my wife and uh, in- enjoy the t- opportunities we have. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, that's, that's really good. It definitely sounds like you're really busy during these times and uh, you know, I think it's a good time to, you know, explore some things too with some family that you get to spend more time with them and 
you know, always being at home, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's nice. I mean, you know, you you wish you'd go someplace. You try to go to places, but, you know, it's like Groundhog Day. You're just living the day over and over and over again. And, you know, it's you just got to, you know, I try to get outside in this cold weather when we have daylight and before the sun sets, which is really quick once school's out. And just uh, try to get outside, get some fresh air, and just try to enjoy what you can, you know, and just uh, enjoy each and every day. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the that's the best way to do it. Uh, I think that it's, it's such a positive spin on, uh, on a, so many negative things that are going on around us, and I think that's the best way to do it. So, Coach, before you know, we get in get into it. I want to know how you get got into you know into basketball. I mean, when I was a kid, I go out and play in the driveway and <clears throat> shovel snow and move it out. I mean, back then there was no distractions. So you either got out of the house or you were just, you know, you were bored. And, um, you know, I just played at the Y, the boys clubs, and uh, just took a love to it at an early age. And then when I, uh, you know, when I, uh, you know, played in uh, high school, from my high school coach, when I was an undergraduate student, um, you know, the story of me and uh, how my coaching started and how it kind of went up the ladder was kind of unique and interesting. Um, my coach at uh, high school asked me if I wanted to coach middle school at, in Newport at Thompson Middle. Uh, at the time, it was Thompson Junior High School. And it, it, it had the uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade there at the time. And I said, yeah. And then that's when my journey began. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. And like, what was it like you had moved up as well, like for the ranks of uh, your, your journey there, like it was from middle school to freshman, the JV, then eventually the varsity. Well, what's that, that transition like? It was, it was fine. I mean, you know, it was such a learning curve that you were constantly learning, you know, each level. Fortunately for me, um, my first grade, my First team was the seventh, that eight, the seventh and eighth grade group, um, and then um, I moved up with them about ten days into the next season because this coach had left because <clears throat> of job commitment. So I had literally, you know, seventy-five percent of those kids that I had the year before, and added a couple of pieces from other kids who had come in from another school. And then the following year, the JV coach left, and I moved up again. <clears throat> and then the following year, my high school coach left to, um, you know, be an assistant at, at University of Rhode Island as a volunteer. And before you know it, I was a head coach, you know, each step of the ladder. It was a unique and interesting ride, to say the least. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's very interesting. That's uh, Sometimes you don't really see that from the jump all in the same school. It was all within middle school, the uh all the way from freshman to high school, the JV to varsity. That that's that's really crazy. Yeah, it gave me a rapport with the kids. It gave the kids an understanding of you know it was, it, it was I was able to develop a relationship with my kids. Some of the some of them are now uh, you know highly successful in 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 their field, and it, they're like become my lifetime friends because I was young at the time. I mean, I was, I think, 20 years old when I, you know, was coaching in middle school. So, you know, I wasn't that far apart. And then obviously into high school, 
continue to develop that relationship and they knew me and you know um it built a great foundation which i think was really important for our um excess i mean our success excuse me our success over a long period of time i think that was key to how the foundation was laid early which led to obviously you know our success at rogers that's awesome and now the five-star basketball camp how did that have an impact on you before does that before you started coaching at rogers or is that why you're at Actually, coaching rogers? um it's a great question um i was an undergrad at university of rhode island when i got the middle school job and then i was still an undergrad finishing my last year when i became the varsity coach and at the time i used to play intramurals with a lot of the there were some former scholarship players on the basketball team that were on the same intramural team as me. The two Scotty brothers, Gavin um, Scotty and, uh, and Chris Scotty. And we played in the same intramural team, they were like six, nine, six, eight. They had already had their scholarships. They had no, you know, their scholarship time had run out. And we had uh, played intramurals together and they introduced me to Lee Klein. And Lee Klein's dad was Will Klein who was the co-director of the five-star camp. Lee was the manager of the University of Rhode Island men's basketball team. And Lee was, you know, one of uh, the people that helped his dad and Howard Gonfinkel run camp. So they put me in touch with Lee Klein and the rest is history. Lee said, sure, you know, I, I ended up uh, getting an opportunity to work a year before I became the head coach. And uh, it went, you know, and it, and it was just, that was like, if I had laid the foundation, you know, with all those, you know, years being in the middle school and JV, really, it was like I added an extra foundation on top of it. Wow. Solidify it. Five Star was probably the greatest experience of basketball that I've ever had. That's, uh, that's so cool. Yes. I mean, the family tradition there, the coaches, the players, they just came out. Um, it's actually through Slam Magazine because they purchased Five Star with a bookazine. It's like a coffee table style book that is absolutely, just got it in the mail yesterday. And it's, it's absolutely terrific. Um, it just talks about the history of camp. And for those that don't know that'll watch, the history of Five Star is really what, you know, changed basketball. I mean, basketball is different now than it was, but that's where camps started. So when people modeled, you know, their camp, they modeled it after the five-star setup with stations. The teaching was incredible. I mean, you look at the history of the, the coaches that have gone there and the players that have been there uh, from professionals to college, it's just endless. It's worth the time for someone to, uh, that's interested in history to look it up. So uh, I think I wouldn't be here sitting with you unless I'd gone through five star and worked as a staff member for 11 years. Wow. That's awesome. And any like players that you worked with, like during a five star, like big names and coaches that you worked with? Yeah. I mean, Vince Carter was on my team when he was a junior in college. Wow. I mean, junior high school, excuse me. Yeah. Who known yet. Jason Williams who played at Duke and ended up in the Chicago Bulls before the motorcycle accident. You know, coaches, when I started working, John Calipari was an assistant coach there 
at the University of Pittsburgh. Wow. You know, um, so it's just an example. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, there are, Grant Hill was at camp, Stefan Marbury, God, Sham God. I mean, Tim Thomas. I mean, you're talking like in the Northeast or the East Coast. You had, I mean, a lot of these kids all ended up playing. Not all of them because the camp was so layered with talent. Yeah. I mean, Rashid Wallace. I mean, um, it was it was just incredible to be, you know, at a camp in the mountains. Back then, the only way you could communicate with home was with a payphone. And it was basketball 24-7, 16 hours a day. And back then, we ran camp for seven days. Wow. It was just, you know, it was just incredible. That knowledge, I mean, you know, that you learned, you know, from coaches. You know, Bob Hurley Sr. started there. I mean, it just goes on and on. That's so cool. That's that's awesome. What was it like, you know, coaching those guys too, like with the, the competitors? Like, what's those competitions like? Were those guys really competitive with each other? Yeah, I mean, the summertime, I mean, if I work, depending on two, three, four weeks of camp, I got a coach. I had a coach. I had to coach kids that you had a, you know, you just met. You had to develop, you know, develop relationships with them in a short period of time, gain their trust in a short period of time, and, uh, you know, learn strategies. I'll never forget watching I wasn't even in the game. I was watching a, an out-of-bounds play one time late in one of the games and watched the, uh, the team who had the ball was up, I think, a point, and they were trying to end the ball to bounds the ball at half court, and they threw it towards the backcourt, and the team stole it, took one dribble, and laid it in to win the game. Wow. So it gave me an early lesson, like, you know, you never throw the ball towards the backcourt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that. But it was just like one of many lessons that I learned. And I mean, totally in this. I've developed, developed relationships with, you know, a bunch of those coaches. Um, and, you know, we just uh, actually spoke on one with one this afternoon, Mitch Bonaguro. Um, you know, we spoke about, you know, some things that we, you know, we've been working on. So, um, no, it's, it's been great. It's, it's, that's it's a big, big key, a big key to, uh, you know, our success at Rogers. That's awesome. That's so cool, coach. It's such a great experience. It's like once in a lifetime experience too to work with all those players and all that, everything like that and being a part of that. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And you said you brought over that foundation. You said you had that layer of foundation and that five-star impacted that added another foundation. What did you bring over to the Rogers? The knowledge. Yeah knowledge i mean it was like you know there was clinics you could go to back then you know now there's so much opportunity to learn different things but it's what you see but you know it's on a video where here i was hands-on watching with my two eyes live you know the technique that something was being taught the strategy and watching it and then being able to sit there you know when we went out you know either at dinner or at lunch or at breakfast you know, talk to the coach, you know, and I'm talking the elite of the elite coaches, high school coaches work in camp, you know, that turned into college and high school coaches. I mean, Rick Pitino, John Calipari, Pete Gillen, Will Ray. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I was able to take that and bring it back and mold it to the kids in our community and make it a fit you know because you know you go to a clinic and you're like oh i like that i'll put that in but if it doesn't fit 
your your kids, your players, and not only the skill set, but also the type of kid and player they are, and you know what motivates them. You gotta have a, so. I learned a lot and constantly learned a lot um, and was able to bring that back and, and make it fit. Like I have always described it like a puzzle, you know, it was a puzzle piece and I was creating my own puzzle and putting the pieces and fitting them together so that I could make, you know, what I envisioned as a program from all the, what, you know, if I took this from Bobby Knight, who was lecturing at camp one day or Chuck Daly or you know, the next time was Rick Pitino, or one day was John Calipari. So you took the best from the best, and you tried to, you know, bring that into your program to make your program the best. And that's kind of how I, I, you know, I, uh, I thought about it. That's awesome. That's that's so cool, uh, and absolutely amazing. And that's a good a good approach of it, kind of putting the puzzle pieces and see what fits your team in the mold of it as well, too. And you know. What was it like to take over the head coaching job at Rogers and how'd you create that philosophy uh, and culture there? Well, I mean, the tradition at Rogers high school with their athletics, I mean, I mean, there are so many successful programs in our state, but Rogers athletics as a whole is just as successful a high school, a public high school as any, any school in the state. And the time I took over, we had, um, you know, like I said, a, a bunch of, um, good teams that you know had played ahead of us and after I graduated and then you know I just happened to get lucky and the timing in life is everything and I was able to time things pretty pretty well and able to get guys that you know bought into what we wanted to do as a program and how to go about you know success and how we wanted to strive towards success, you know, and continue to try to reach excellence and hoping at some point to pass success on our way up to excellence. And um, it was challenging. I mean, I'm, I'd be such a better coach today than the day I started. And the, since the day I retired, um, it's just uh, amazing what you continue to learn from from anybody and everybody. That's, that's true. It's very true. I mean, there's always someone to learn from and things that you can pick up along the way. And as the game is always changing and growing, I feel like over the years, like you said, you had mentioned, you're watching stuff of how the game's changing now with, I feel like we have, uh, we went from like a big, it was a big man's league. Now we're like positionless almost. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like watching some of our old games, you know, I, um, I gave about, God, I think I told Henry Coleman, uh, the coach of Mount St. Charles, must've given him, I think it was over 400 games that we had. And in looking at some of the games the way we used to play, I was like, wow, defensively, it would, it would, it would definitely transfer. We would be so much better defensively because there's so many more things that I would do and so many more things that I know now offensively depending on your kids but I mean there's so many different ways to play the game but the game's changed so much you know and I could see it at a point in time we never had per se big men I had a I had a few kind of on one hand you know but I mean when I say a few I mean at like six four six five yeah yeah we were always what I thought you know was 
our staple was our toughness and our, our, our work ethic and, you know, you know, competing all the time. And then just being accountable towards each other and being accountable to each other, you know, and that meant, you know, coaches and players. And I just think that doing all those things and putting all those things together um, is challenging, but, you know, if you get the buy-in and you can communicate with the kids and reach the kids, help the kids understand, I think, uh, you know, you can do great things, you know, um, and you got to develop that trust. Now, you know, you don't get it 100%. You know, any coach will tell you that. You don't get 100% buy-in from everybody that walks through the door that put the jersey on or that represents your school because different people look at their situation differently. You know yeah. what I mean? And I try to get our, our, our group and we try to um, look everything from a, a glass that was about us and not about I. That's, that's great. That's, that's really great. And what do you like, do you guys set goals? Do you write them on like a board or anything like that? Or like, how does that work out for you guys? We talk about goals, you know, um, but you know, I think the goals for us were just like the individual team goals that we categorize that we lived those towards those goals and let the rest of the goals folded. I mean, everybody wants to win the state championship. Yeah. Well, people have no idea how challenging those that is and to strive to get it, you know, you got to have talent, obviously, but you're also going to have luck. And so, yeah, we'd have the goals, but I think, you know, we set a bar and each and every year there was a tradition that we spoke about and the next group up, the next kid up had to understand that you were part of a tradition here. And that tradition was talked about all the time. And, and so when we went to another gym, it wasn't like, you know, you know, we were representing our community, you know, the city of Newport, you know, and it's sometimes when we played out of state or played out of state teams in our gym, I mean, we were representing, you know, our community. So there was a tradition that we had to uphold. That's great. And I, I think that's awesome that you instilled that to that tradition of the Rogers tradition and you had spoke about championships i mean you won back to back to back you won it three times in a row and you it was actually we was we won in 90 and won in 91 okay in 92 we lost in the semis by one. Oh, really then we won in 93 wow wow so what's it like you know winning those like state champ i know you mentioned some of it's luck but like you know in talent and um you know what's it like to win you know two in a, two in a row then come back another year for a fourth, you know, almost make it a four, four years in a row, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Um, you know, it's such a long time ago and it was just like such a wonderful time arrived because the first one was like the first time we had won in 27 years. Wow. It was like, you know, and, you know, we just had, um, we had great kids um, that played hard and obviously skilled players. But, you know, we had a toughness about us and, you know, we played defense and, you know, we kept ourselves, you know, 
in every game because of defense. And uh, offense was just, you know, for me, you know, people can be fancy with their the, the X's and O's. And, I, and, I, and for me, that really wasn't what was important, your, what your offense you were running. It was understanding where you could put your players in the best position to be successful. So you had to understand your athletes. And, you know, we had some, man, some of the best games, top 10 games that we played in, the, in our history that I was part of were during those five or six years. I mean, I mean, we would just, when we battled Hendrick and like back then, I mean, the, the 90 when we beat Hendrick in the state finals, wow. you know, and then upset him um, 91, I think it was 91. We upset him in the quarters because I could be confusing. No, I think it was 91 that we upset them. They were, they beat us by 25 points, like 10 days prior in the last regular season game. And then we beat them in the quarters. I don't know if it was uh, overtime or not overtime. Wow. But, uh, you know, we, we, I mean, I think Hendrickens probably in the top 10, seven of the top 10 games were against Hendrickens. Wow. That's how strong the rival was back in those early nineties to mid nineties. That's that's so cool. Does uh, Coach Coleman have those uh, those videos they put up on YouTube? They're all on. They're all on the YouTube page. But I already had them on my YouTube page. Yeah. Now, so they're on my YouTube page. But Henry has them all, and they're all up there. 90, 91, you know, everything. So, um, yeah, they're up there. And, and even like some of the games that were regular season games um, and uh, playoff games, uh, he has those. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I gotta watch those. I definitely have to check those out. Those are yeah. Those. I mean, one game I wish we I don't know where it is, but I don't even know why we didn't video it. I think we did, but it might have been because the crowd was too big. It was when St. Anthony's from Jersey City came in in 1993 to play us in January. Bobby Hurley Sr. was coach. They were ranked uh fourth in the country. And they came to play us and then played New Bedford on Sunday. And we were up one at the end of the first quarter. We were down, <clears throat> I think we were down three at half. And then they pushed to an 11-point lead at the end of the, a 13-point lead at the end of the um, third quarter. And then uh, I think we lost by about 15 points. But wow. I mean, they, they had like three or four Division One players. Rashawn McLeod, who ended up playing St. John's and Duke. And they had a kid, uh, Jalil Roberts, who played at Wisconsin. So, that game's probably, you know, top two or three, but, you know, so it was just, uh, it, was a, it was a fortunate time for us and uh, just a great time for Rogers High School. That's awesome. That's so cool. I, I mean, if you ever find that video of the, oh, the Anthony. Like I don't <laughs> even know if it exists, but, and that's the one I'm wishing like somebody else would have. I even asked, I called Bobby, uh, probably a couple of months ago and asked him, I go, Hey, Bob, do you happen to have that game? And he was like, Jimmy, he was like, gave him in a box. One of the coaches has it, but I don't even know if we have it and if it's anywhere. So <laughs> I don't think we're going to find that game. That's, that's so cool. That's going to be, that's, that Jim must've been rocking that, that day. I don't know. Oh, there's a picture of it in the journal when it was here. I have every, every, um, every single article from every game that I coached in and that one, shows the picture of the gym packed down low, but up top, because Rogers, 
was when it was built was like the, the, the best high school in the state back in the, you know, the late fifties had two balconies and they put stands up on one side. So oh, wow. the, the, not only was the lowest seating, but there was seating upstairs on both sides, like 20, yeah, like 2000 people there that night. And it was just, it was an afternoon game on Saturday, but man, the gym, and, and even with our holiday tournaments, which were packed, nothing was as, as big that I had been at a Rogers game as that St. Anthony's game. That's so cool. That that's that's just that that's just a cool experience. That atmosphere. That's I can't imagine what that was like. That rocket atmosphere. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool, Coach. Now, also, you have, if I read that correctly, you have thirteen Coach of the Year awards. Yeah, fortunately, <laughs> coaches. I guess I did a good job those years. As a, you know, in in total, you know, from all league to you know all the you know division league. Oh, coach so yeah coaches you know were real kind to think to think that i was deserving so that's that's crazy where did you where'd you where are all of them do you have them all over hanging up or they're all on the, on the shelves behind me there's a couple of shelves but keep them up for collectors for you know my children so hopefully someday they could show their grand you know their children and my grandchildren so um yeah <laughs> That's amazing. That's that's a that's a great honor. Uh, what does that feel like to be voted that many times by your peers and everything? I'm just honored and blown away. I mean, you know, it's it's great when you get one because you know you're like you know your 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 colleagues um, thought that you deserved it, but to do that, you know, so many times, you know, it's just uh, I just can't even put into words my thoughts of, you know, um, they thought that our, you know, that we did that good of a job that year to, to, to deserve it. Did you run out of people to thank during your acceptance speeches or? Oh man. I mean, it's just, uh, I can't even tell you where to start and where to end. Yeah. Really, I mean, there wouldn't be enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so, that's just absolutely amazing. I read that. I was like, whoa, that's, that's so, that's a lot of words. That's just, that's yeah. absolutely amazing. And that just, that, that tells you what your peers think of you highly and how great of a coach you are yourself as well. Thank you. You're welcome. And now what, and now did your coach philosophy change over the years from, you know, early nineties uh, to up to you retired? You know, uh, like our philosophy was like, we wanted to play together. You know, we wanted to play together <clears throat> as a unit. And we wanted to make sure that the other team could not function like they function on a day-to-day -day basis. And what I mean by that is we tried to make them uncomfortable and uh, create issues with their timing, sometimes challenge them to maybe bicker with each other, their own teammates, you know, just by the way we played, how hard we played and how we would make it challenging for teams to score and you'd get frustrated. And in the mindset you know, your mindset would change because you'd get more focused on something else 
is what we wanted you to do rather than stay focused, laser focused on what needed to be done. So I guess, you know, that's a philosophy that's kind of interesting, but that's how I looked at it. And we just wanted to, you know, instill our will on other teams defensively. And from there, I allowed my kids to play in the open court, to run, to push it, press, you know, man to man. I mean, and now I would do a, a lot of things different, but you know, our philosophy was, I had a lot of things to do, you know, um, on the defensive end. I just put it, that's to me where we started as our, that's where our core was and everything we built. And I'm talking on and off the court. There was things in the classroom, you know, um, things like, you know, how we approached uh, our practice, how we approached our program was just like how we wanted the kids to approach life, you know, and see how they could get it, you know, and there'd be so many things I could spend hours and hours again speaking on, you know, what things I would try to do more of on the challenge, uh, our guys to, you know, think, have forward thinking. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I, that's definitely a different, uh, you know, Coach Fossey if I heard, um, and, but I really like it like a lot. I think that's a, such a cool, like a different approach to it and a great approach to it as well. Is there now you had mentioned that there's something that you would change. What would that one thing be changed now with now's game? Um, I mean, I, I probably play, you know, I would do more things. I, you know, I would, our core would be the same, you know, we, but I would, I, I would do different things defensively to really continue to not confuse uh, my guys keep things simple, but be able to, again, you know, do different things that teams were not used to. And, you know, offensively, obviously it's all predicated on the kids you get and what their skill set and how you're going to play. But I guess, you know, I, I look when I watch games and I go to play some games and, you know, sometimes I just wonder why, you know, you know, keep it simple is, uh, you know, stupid is what I learned a long time ago, the KISS method. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I think that that's important that people realize, I mean, simplicity, simplicity and, rep, you know, repetition um, can create those, you know, habits um, that become muscle memory. And mm -hmm. you don't have paralysis by analysis, you know, you don't have brain freeze, you don't have, you know, wait a minute, stop, think, you know, it's, it's a constant flow. It's the muscle memory habits. Boom. You know exactly what to do. So I would change those things. You know, I would do a lot more things like, uh, with my groups in practice, you know, one things I would definitely continue was the once every four years, we took our team to the basketball hall of fame. That's so cool. We took a bus ride up. We'd have breakfast downtown. We, you know, families would pack sandwiches we had the buses back then. We had the videotapes with, you know, greatest dunks, great, you know, things the kids would, uh, would watch. But the bus ride was the bonding. Yeah. The destination wasn't the Hall of Fame. It was to help them understand history because some kids may never get a chance to go there. It was, you know, then after we'd eat and then we'd drive home, there'd be no practice the next day because we always did it on a Saturday. And then it was like, 
that was part of the bonding. That was part of the building. You know, sometimes some teams go away for a weekend tournament or they go away here. To me, it was like a different way. So that'd be one thing that continue. But, uh, you know, how I would approach practice would be a lot, diff a lot different, you know, and, uh, you know, again, a lot of details for another time. But I think uh, there's some things that I have on my list, um, my ever-growing list that I need to start really, you know, looking at is, you know, if I am to get back into it, you know, um, what things I would do, or if I was to help, you know, one of my former assistants or one of my former players, or a situation that really fit, you know, fit me, then, you know, I would be, be ready to, uh, to be successful, I think, to help whoever or wherever I would be. That's great. That's, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's really, that's really cool. And that's, that's awesome that you keep up with it and you think about it constantly and have great ideas. And I love the field trip up to the basketball fame. I think that's such a great idea. I think that's such a, you know, it's a good bus ride back and forth. And like you said, that's, that's really where the bonding is right there. Yeah. I mean, one year we tied it into the, uh, the spring, the hall of fame tournament, the high school tournament that's in there on Martin Luther King weekend. One year we tied it in there. We went up and we had already purchased tickets to get in the place. So I think when we watched, I think four games, I think it was like St. Anthony's played one year, DeMatha played. Um, so we, they would watch kids from high schools from all over the country that they knew about because they would, you know, read about them and you see teams and you'd say, wow, this is, you know, and then they would see that and then we bring that back because, okay, here's part of the mentality we were looking at. That's that's so cool. That's awesome that you're able to do that. I was actually, I think I just saw someone's highlights come up recently about what the Hall of Fame game, <laughs> like I think today earlier on Instagram or something like that. But that's awesome. That's that's such a great experience. It's great that you do that for your, your you know, your players and your team and they're able to see those high, like those big names, like in the, in the you know, coming up in the college for coming up in the college basketball world and see all, all those plays and be able to bring that back. I'm sure that gets them more fired up to play more and want to yeah. play harder and stuff like that too. Absolutely. That's, that's so cool. Now, now coach, what was your decision? I, the retire after 26 years and uh, you know, what? I didn't think I would retire. You know, I just felt, uh, you know, I I mean, I'm, I just turned 57 last week. So, I mean, I was, you know, 2014. So this will be um, in next year, seven years since I retired. Wow, I can't even believe that. That's crazy. Uh, so I literally retired like when I was just after 50. Um, probably timing. I mean, I poured every ounce of energy in every season, pre, uh, post, off in, in seasons and my children started to get to an age my daughter was about to be going into the uh, high school to be a freshman my son was going to be entering fourth grade and it was at the middle school and it was the first year they had it and I just felt like and when I would go scouting or we'd go to games and I saw you know kids playing and parents or you know I just like I didn't want to miss out on their time yeah I also awesome. thought it was the right time for me I needed to change um I just felt like you know there was I needed to change 
but the priorities were my 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 daughter and my son and that's the change i needed and so being that's the case you know it was hard for me it's been hard it's sometimes even tough walking in the gym yeah you know at rogers because there's you know i still you know we run camps there you know pre-covid and stuff and hopefully we'll be running it next summer is that it's just like i just feel like it's like a lost love that you've lost, you know, and you want, you know, but now I try to, I try to mentor my former players, my former assistants, um, coaches in the state. Um, you know, I try to any way to share or help be a driver of a way to give back to coaches. So, um, I'm here to help whoever wants to listen, you know, and so, Sometimes that's a challenge, but it is what it is. You know, there's always somebody, you know, I just think of myself when I was young, that at the time that I was young, I was always inquisitive, you know, wanting to get better. Yeah. I told you, a thirst for knowledge and you wanted to know why, you know, and that's the big now. The kids want to know why. Yeah. Me, that was, that was me. I wanted to know why. So I understood that as I, you know, work with the kids, but you know, that's, that's, that's to me, uh, what I want to do. I want to just give back. That's awesome. I, I think that's, I think that's great that you want to give back. And I feel like it just really sounds like you're still very much part of the game, no matter what. I mean, after, you know, it's only, you said you've been retired for seven years and it still sounds like you're still part of it, taking notes, still learning. And like you said, you're why it just sounds like you're very, you're still part of it and still doing things that, to be a part of it. And like you said, maybe prepare yourself for down the road for something, that could happen for yourself coaching wise or helping others out. But I think that, I think that's amazing. And I think if any coaches listen out there, they should definitely uh, reach out to you and get some advice. Cause I mean, I'm easy to get a hold of, but <laughs> you know, like I said, I've had some reach out to me and you know, we've had some conversations, but like, I love just getting on the phone or, or getting in a zoom. Yeah. Talking with coaches, you know, so yeah, you know, I'm all, I'm all for it. And in any way, I'm learning too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a game that we're always going to learn from and try to learn off of it and build our build from it as well. Mm. And Absolutely. now you, after everything's all said and done, retired, you recently got inducted to the hall of fame, right? Yeah. 2020 was an interesting year. <laughs> uh, um, first I got inducted of uh, Rhode Island Basketball Coaches Association uh, Hall um, inducted me. Obviously, we've not been able to do anything with everything with COVID. And then Rogers High School um, renewed the Hall of Fame this year, and I was one of the, uh, uh, going to be one of the inductees. Again, with COVID, that had to be postponed until, you know, you know things can happen, I guess. So I just looked at it like, man, I would have never have thought that I would be honored in those ways by my, my peers and by high school. That's, that's it's, it's truly amazing. I mean, all the honor and uh, everything that that's, uh, for your career is absolutely just amazing. Everything that you've accomplished and you've been able to get done and, you know, and span the time you're able to done. It's just absolutely amazing coach. I, I like even listen to you talk, I, I'm ready to uh, run through a wall. I'm like, <laughs> jump into your system. <laughs> yeah, I, it's amazing. I mean, you get, 
you know, when you when people talk about you know, you know, a Hall of Fame. I mean, you mentioned with the greats like you know, you know the Ray Peppins and the Joe Hassett seniors, you know, and then the John Topas, you know, and the Don Calls, and at Rogers and the Charlie Gibbons. I mean, it's just incredible to to say that you know, you know, you were thought of and was deserving of something that, you know, but to me it's like uh, we got in because I'm nowhere in that position without my my players. They put us in that position. That's a team honor, and my obviously my assistants and. Our, uh, you know, our school support, but you know, that's a, it's a, that's a, a team induction. Definitely. Definitely. It's very true. It's not, there's no I in team, right? No, no definitely not. Um, and now coach, you're also still my very much part of it. You, I mean, you run your own camps, but you also, you're also part of USA camps as well too. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we, uh, they asked me to speak at, uh, in Boston at the U.S. Basketball Coaches uh, Academy. And then that same year, I worked at their regional camp. And so I, I was able to work, uh, I think it was two of their regional camps. And it was great. And obviously, um, you know, they're trying to expand that. And, you know, you can't always come back into the area. So, you know, what they're doing is like, if they're in one part of the country, they'll let they'll, latching into coaches that they want to either share the game or with kids and teach. So they could be in San Antonio, Las Vegas, you know what I mean? Philadelphia, DC. And so they'll reach out there because it's obviously easy, easier for travel. Yeah. But again, I got to meet Don Showalter there. Um, Don and I actually, our first conversation, actually Don, I was connected with Don through Danny Gabbard. Gavin is, you know, works with the NCA basketball committee. And Dan is uh, an important part to NCA men's basketball and women's. But Dan uh, is the one who put in, you know, Dan and I go back to when he worked at Providence College for Rick Barnes, and I used to work camp there. Yeah. So Don, uh, Dan introduced me to Don, and Don and I talked by phone and then come to know it. My first few years at Five Star. Don and I actually, Don Showalter and I actually worked five star together. Wow. I went back and checked the roster and sure enough, there was Don coaching one of the teams at camp when I was there. So it's been a great relationship. I, I talked to Don every so often. I think I talked to him about three weeks ago. Um, you know, and I've always told him like, you know, I'm retired, I'm willing to help in any way. You know, I think they're still trying to mold like really what they want USA basketball to be about. Yeah. So it's nice, you know. Um, obviously, with COVID, there's nothing that's been done. Yeah. So we're waiting to see what direction they're going to go in. But Don knows that, you know, and he, my name is on the list. He said, yeah, that's that awesome. If there's something that, you know, they want to get done and, and they're going to be in our area or Boston or Connecticut. So, you know. That's so cool. That's so cool. They were able to be a part of that. I mean, you've had yeah. awesome experiences, coaches, and made some great connections. Oh, great. Yeah, great. I mean, great connections, but, you know, great friends and relationships that you just, 
you build on because life's about relationships. Definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. That's, that's true. It's very true. Um, I want to ask too about your own camps. I mean, you run your own camps, like the Viking summer hoop camps yeah. this summer, and then you have your own, uh, your own skills Academy as well too. What's it like running those and you know, what's the favorite thing that you get out of running those? It's a thrill. The camp was like a, a probably, I think it was 1990. Well, I, I think it was 95. This was going to be, yeah, 95. This is going to be the 25th anniversary of our camp this past summer. We had a, I had a celebration plan, planned. Uh, I mean, I was, we were ready to hit a home run with this, like, you know, I mean, like a grand slam. Yeah. And it means like to have the kids from not only our community, residing communities, communities across the bridge, people from out of state that come either for the summer, you know, send our kids and, you know, and I keep our campus, we have three weeks of it, two younger weeks, girls and boys, and one older week, girls and boys, is, you know, I try to keep our numbers to a, a certain number because what I want is I want our coaches to be able to develop relationships with those kids, those players. And at the end of the week, we end our camp week with our traditional knockout game. <laughs> now, I, I actually put a couple of them on our YouTube page, my YouTube page, but it is so fun to see those kids year to year grow and grow and develop a relationship with them. And then all week long, you're in, they're enjoying camp, they're having fun, but they're all looking forward to the knockout game. Because <laughs> if the coaches win, the campers have to do push-ups. And if the campers win, the coaches have to do push-ups. So it's like this big buildup. And it's just a, a way for us to end camp, give out some awards that we give out, give out whatever it is, t-shirts or bags or whatever it is that us, you know, sponsors are, you know, help us with. And uh, to see them leave with a smile on their face, a shirt, a drill book with a evaluation in it. And each year come back, with a smiling face, it just leaves a smile. Like, like we're making our kids not only better basketball players or skilled, but better people because, you know, my Friday lecture is like the same every, every session, every year, and about being a, a good person. You know, and my skills academy started, you know, after I retired in the fall and the spring. We were in the middle of it when the pandemic hit. And, you know, it's just giving back to girls and boys. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you have people who are just teaching the kids, you know, if it's, a, if it's dribbling or shooting. But what's really important, you know, for me is to share the knowledge of the game with the, the kids. Yeah, you know, you're teaching them and repping those, those, those same things you know, ball handling, you know, skill work, shooting technique, you know, but, you know, being able to really teach the kids more of the game. But again, I try to get the age level down a little bit because at this day and age, some kids just think they know it all and they don't want that. It's not that they don't want the knowledge. It's, they, there's a piece in their brain that says, you know, I don't really need the knowledge. You yeah. Know? Um, and so, you know, if, 
it was just funny listening. You know, uh, I read something this morning that one of my friends, Tim O'Shea, posted from God Sham God. God Sham God was played at Providence. He was at Five Star when I was there. Terrific article today in social media. But one piece was about Kobe Bryant. And, and Kobe wanted to be a better ball handler. This is like going back into their high school days. Well, they showed up at whatever camp they were at, not that five-star, could have been ABCD. And it was like six in the morning and they were working on ball handling. Wow. Because Kobe wanted to get better at ball handling. And so some of the coaches would come down like, what's going on here? These guys have been here since six o'clock. Puddles of sweat. And so... I say it to be like, you know, Kobe wanted to get better. That was his mentality. So kids that, you know, come to our skills, they want to get better, you know, and you see what they want to get better at. Yeah. And you know, okay, well, he, it's all like, this one's, you know, all in. But I try to make sure that, you know, they understand the game, what's important, like, Footwork is really an important thing that we work on. Yeah. And I don't care if the kid's eight years old and I got to put them at the eight foot rim. That jump stop, they're going to understand it. And they're going to learn what a pivot is. And you know what? If they can learn how to do that and get footwork down at that young age, they're going to be far ahead of people, you know, in three or four years if they continue to grow with the game. It's true. It's, it's, so I, I love all of it for the, all, all those reasons. I love being with kids because I'm an elementary teacher. Yeah. So I love being with kids, players. So yeah, I, I love it, Coach. You you I love that you give back to community and I love your method of what you try to do. You try to make everyone you want everyone to be a good person and the, teach those lessons on and off the court. And uh, I think that's just amazing what, what those camps are about and how you go about it. And it's just it's just it's just so cool what you're doing and everything like that. And the footwork thing is is always huge. It's one of the biggest things that I learned. I was down in Dallas. There's a ton of footwork. That's <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I'll be at the, I think it was at the arcade downtown Newport, um, former camper. And one day I'm in there with my son, and he says, and my son goes in. He's got these tickets back then. It was like yeah, these streams of tickets, you know. Yeah, yeah. He walks up with like you know a thousand tickets, and and it's one of my former campers. And so I told my son it's one of my former campers, and he said, Coach. He goes, I'll never forget. And I always remember your Friday lecture. Now, this at the time was probably about 10 years ago. Wow. So probably at this time, he was probably, you know, I don't know, in his 20s. It's crazy. So when you hear that, you know, that the lectures impact, especially our Friday lecture, it's like, it, it just means a lot. Like, you know what, you've made a difference in one person's life then you've done you know you know your job that week that day that month that year lifetime you can change you you you, you made a difference gives you that gives you that spark too as well too because you motivated i feel like you hear someone say that and it just it's crazy that like it makes you want to keep going and I, that's how i think about it it's that motivation too as well yeah that's yeah. that's that, that's just amazing so coach I, as, as, that's so cool i think that's just awesome what you're doing over uh, over there on the island and for those kids uh over in newport and the surrounding areas yeah i mean it's a lot of fun i mean and, and you get younger it's like now the change has been like okay 
before I used to staff it with my, my former players and players. Now that I'm starting to get separation from players, it's like now I got to bring in people that I know that will do what we need to do at camp. You know what I mean? That will provide our campers the opportunity, the platform to get really good teaching, someone that'll care for them. And most important, which I tell my coaches, by the end of the week, you need to know every single kid's first name in camp. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like we got hundreds of kids in a week because you can't fit all the kids in a gym and have them get the proper work. Yeah. Repetition. And you know, one-on-one -on -one attention. So, you know, I try to structure our week so we have limited numbers so that, you know, the camp can run, where we have enough space to make sure that we, you know, that we're doing our drills, that they're playing, that they have space to play, and they're not waiting in a line with six people in front of them. Yeah. You know, and they get tired because, <laughs> you know, think about it. There's nobody behind me. Yeah. I'm up. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you go up. No, oh, you go up. No, it's like, you're up. So yeah. guess what? The muscle memory's constant. And, yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting that, you know, I still try to get, but, you know, my former players, now they're into other jobs and they can't do it and you miss them, but it's like, man, they come back and they, they like, oh, miss it. I wish I could do it for a week. So, you know, you get some of the coaches who are teachers, yeah. you know, that can do it. And, uh, we had some women and some and some and that and that have been working with us for a, a you know good period of time. Girls in camp, you know, the girls have exploded with how many girls we get now, and uh, so it's just any way we can give back to our communities and uh, our state. You know, I'm I'm all for you know just like our zooms that we did this past uh, spring. Yeah, they were they were they were terrific. They were just like. For any coach who didn't attend them, they missed out. But they're all on my YouTube page. I put them all up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you missed out, you can go there and you still gain knowledge. So it's like, okay, who wants to learn? Who wants to get better? You know, but then that's like the tip of the iceberg, you know, Jeff. You now you really got to dig into more of the why, you know. And so Anyway, I can give back to our community and, and coaches and mentor people or help, you know, I look at it, paying it forward. That, that's awesome, coach. That's great. And I, I, I feel like it's, it's been, I feel like any coach should reach out to you. I mean, uh, if I ask you for some advice after this and talk to you about some basketball, because try, I've been, I love it. I miss it. It's one of the things I miss uh, being a part of. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's challenging not being around a group. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been challenging not having kids and you develop a relationship and then build. And yep. build and you know, and then build it like past high school. Oh yeah. Like I have some now that are, they're doing terrific things. It's true. It's challenging. It, yeah, it's true. It's like it's great the relationships that you make with uh, you know, former players and kids that you you know you work with or something like that. I still have great relationships with former players that I coached with with Coach Cobley at Wheeler. And, uh, you know, just great, great, great people over there. So it's been oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but coach, I got, I got a few more questions and we'll wrap it up. Uh, this one actually comes from uh, your former assistant and now the head coach at Middletown High School, uh, boys basketball team coach, Slendrum. Uh, he wants, he wanted me to bring this up. 
tell us a little bit. He gave us some insight about, but tell us about when the Celtics were in town. You guys went to, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're on the, the Navy. Back then, um, the captain of the Navy base, um, his son played for me. Yeah. Uh, captain Vogel and his son Alex played for me. And um, at the time, the Celtics um, were going to have their training camp that they have held at Salve. They used to hold, you know, in other places, Stonehill. Well, back then, they were holding their training camp on the Navy base in Newport. And Rick Pitino was the coach at the time. He had just gotten the job. Yeah. So obviously, you know, at the time, I was in elementary school, and I think I... Uh, we went over to watch practice and we're sitting, I'm sitting right on the bench, like watching practice. Purvis Ellison's playing for the team at the time. I think uh, Ron Mercer, Billups, I think it was Patino's first year, that draft class. And I have it somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is. Um, I'm sitting next to Red Auerbach. Wow. I write is uh, Captain Bogle. Or actually, when we took the picture, Red Auerbach obviously was in the middle. And then Captain Bogle was captain of the Navy in charge of the Naval base. And then I were on the other side. And I remember Red Auerbach turning and making a comment about Purvis Ellison and something, uh, how lazy he was. And just it's him saying, you know, he'll never make it. Like, and Purvis Ellison at the time had just come out. I think he was either a year or two or just come out of college and was, it might actually have been a couple of years out of college. It's like, because he played at Louisville. And I tell you, sitting there watching those practices and Rick Pitino teaching the why. Now at the time, Pitino was a five-star guy. So, you know, we went up to him and talked and, you know, at the time he had already been out of five star. He'd been at BU, been at Providence, been at Kentucky. So, you know, I think we went out later that night to, to, um, there's a restaurant downtown Newport yeah. and, uh, he was there. I think Bobby Kremens was there too. Bobby Kremens, the former Georgia tech coach had come in to watch practice yeah. like a lot of coaches do, but that was like, such a great day. I think I went back one more day to watch the Celtics practice. Rick Pitino at, at, at that time was the hottest ticket going in, in basketball. And then sitting next to Red Auerbach for an entire practice, listening to him talk about basketball was incredible. That's, and that's, that's I hope that's what Coach Lundgren wanted me to answer about, but yeah. Yeah, he wanted me to. He just wanted me to ask you about the experience because he said it was crazy. He's like, you got to ask uh, Coach Saris about it because. Oh, it I, I, yeah, that's that's awesome that you're able to sit next to Red Auerbach and talk to him. Uh, it was like the like sitting next to like, what was it like his aurora like like being around that guy? <laughs> legends, you know what I mean? Legends, just. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, there's certain times, there's experiences that you, you come across that, you don't understand that just how big that opportunity was for you. Yeah. You know, like at five star, like I said, I mean, sitting at a bench and standing and watching, you know, Chuck Daly talk and be, this is like Chuck Daly who coached the Pistons, the back to back. Yeah. 
Dream Team, Bobby Knight, Hubie Brown, who's the best clinician in the history of the game. I mean, you're these experiences you just you can't make up. You can't go to like you can go to a clinic, but the passion that the the Calipari's, the Tinos, the Hubie Browns, the Chuck Daly's, I mean the passion that these guys have, that was the other thing that I learned was the passion and learned how to talk in a setting like public speaking. Like, and never forget Chuck Daly. I got to share this with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chuck Daly said one day, and now I've got a lot of these on audio tape, like the lectures. Now, sometimes they're a little difficult to hear. I got some uh, lectures actually, but I remember Chuck Daly saying one time, and I never forget it. And I've shared it with my kids. He said, you never know in life who you're going to meet that could come back at some point in time and have an, uh, have an effect on your life. He says, imagine that you're in a bathroom and you're in the urinal next door to a person and you just have a conversation. You know, that person in that conversation that you had for 10 seconds could be someone who later in life could come back and have an impact in some way. And so I remember that in him, and my lesson was, you know, you never know who you're going to meet in life. And so you treat everybody with kindness and care, like you would treat. And some people are not, but then you understand. But, and I remember that. And I said, I'm not going to forget that. And I'm going to share that, you know, make sure that, you know, when you meet everybody that, you know, you try your best to remember your names, which we all struggle with. And, uh, but him saying that, you know, taught me a lot. So it's like, you know, and then you come find out as life's experiences go. And then all of a sudden that person comes back to your life in like a totally different way. And you're like, holy smokes. But because you had developed a good rapport with that person or had a great conversation for 10 seconds, can make all the difference in the world. They may say, where did I, did I not? Where did I, you look familiar. And then, you know, you fill in the blanks. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's a great, I, I love that. That's a great way to like live by. And that, that's very true. I mean, anyone, you could run into someone, like you said, and next time you're have a good conversation, then next, yeah. you know, run into him 10 years down the road and be like, oh yeah, I'm like, you remember that, that guy? Or maybe just pass by and say hi, hi, I love. You're sitting in an interview and you don't know who's sitting across the desk. And it's that guy that, you know, or that woman or someone that. Yeah. You know, you were kind to, or unfortunately, maybe you weren't, and unfortunately, you don't get the job. Doesn't work out for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But That's how it goes. There's so many, and they they come back like this. Like you know, I get in a conversation with you or somebody, and it will trigger something, and I'm like, wow, God, yeah, I remember that. You know. Yeah. Coaches, uh, this has been awesome. All the stories, you're such great experiences, great stories that we gotta we gotta do more of these. I feel like yeah, I gotta just get yeah. more stories for sure. Uh, last question before uh, you know we wrap it up here. What's your favorite thing to do outside of basketball? What's my favorite thing to do outside of basketball? It's a great question. I love going to the beach with my wife. Um, I love spending time with my kids. Like my son plays golf. I love playing golf with him when he wants to play. You know, I love hanging out with my daughter when she wants to spend time with dad. You know, <laughs> a 20, a recent 21 year old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I like being outside. And recently I've like, I picked up pickleball. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pickleball, my, my best friend um, got me in June and I just was bitten by it. It's been a lot of fun. I've had to stop playing for the last month because of COVID, um, you know, being outside. But I'd say playing golf, being with the family and, and uh, playing pickleball recently is really, uh, I've taken a love to it. So, you know, obviously going, going to games and, you know, final fours and yeah, you know, those type of things I love doing, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's about family yeah. and, uh, being with my wife and kids, uh, whenever I can, as much as I can, what's most important. That's awesome. That's, those, that's, that's really great that you're a big family person and, uh, you know, spend time with your family and getting to go golf and play pickleball too. That, that's, that's, yeah. really, that's, that's awesome. I think that's, a, that's great coach. This coach, this has been absolutely amazing. It's so much fun. Uh, you know, really just enjoyed all the stories and your experiences and we got to do this again. We got, we got to do something again like this. Uh, this has been so I'm much. Ready, fun. I'm ready for part two anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, get, I'll get you right back on. This is a, uh, this has yeah. been. Well, thank awesome. you. I mean, it's been a pleasure for me to share uh, my experiences and if it could help anybody, you know, that that's, that's what I'm trying to do each and every day. So for what you're doing with the, you know, with the run back, I thank think you. it's great. And, uh, it's always fun to have something like this and especially get feedback from, from local people. Uh, you know, it's great. So thank you for what you're doing and the amount of time you're putting into this. Thank you so much, coach. I really appreciate the kind words and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back on for sure. There's no, no doubt for sure. Once a guest, always a guest. Yeah, that's right. And I'll get your, I'll get your Roger sweatshirt one of these days. Yeah, I'll definitely, I definitely <laughs> like that for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> it. I know we're in the real one. You gotta... <laughs> <laughs> Coach Kyle obviously is going to pull a sponsorship, but I'm aware of that. All right, Coach. Well, thank you so much. You have a good one, all right? All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, no anytime. All right. That was my interview with Coach Saris. A great interview overall with Coach Saris. He's just a great guy. Super motivating. Uh, definitely, you know, motivated me. And ever since away, I really wanted to get even back into coaching, just talking to him. I was ready to go, run, run for a while through him, but... He, he's just a great guy, great coach, uh, always giving it forward, paying it forward, and, you know, giving back to the community, and, uh, you know, definitely happy to have had him on the show, and definitely can't wait to have him back on the show going down the line, uh, for sure. On Friday, I know the holiday is up, it's the new year, but I'm going to bring an episode to you anyways on Friday, and that episode will be with Coach Jamal Diggs. He is the head coach of Princeton East Girls basketball team. Great guy overall. Really enjoyed our conversation. Um, he's a young guy, but he's really mature for his age um, and for everything that he's doing. Uh, so I really enjoyed our episode together and really just talking to him about everything, um, you know, and what he does and what he's been doing for the Princeton East Girls. So just a great interview with Co Coach Diggs. Um, you guys would definitely enjoy that episode as well, too. And be on the lookout for that on Friday. You know, I hope everyone has a safe uh, New Year's Eve and a safe New Year's Day. We will see you on Friday.